Streaming live from the DT Studios, this is Daily Turismo Radio, powered by EuropeanMotorWorks.com. Here's your hosts, Editor-in-Chief of Daily Turismo, Vince Barbary, and co-founder, Chris Florin. Hello, motorheads, and welcome to the Daily Turismo Radio Show, broadcasting live on TalkRadio1.com from our studio in scenic Gardena, California. Coming up on today's Festival of Cars, Comedy, and Culture, we've got a special guest joining us via telephone. We do our 10-second car reviews, we play some games, we'll do Technology Corner from the website. It's a really, really good show, guys. You're going to enjoy it today. Uh, But before I get too far ahead of myself, let me introduce some of the other cheese eaters in the studio today. My regular co-host, Chris, is back on his vacation. What up? How's Colorado, man? Back by popular demand. Colorado was good? I did not go there. Oh, you didn't try. <laughs> I was going to tell people you drove a Vanagon all the way from Colorado to the studio today. Is that that would true? be awesome, but if it was true, I would love to do that. If you want to go buy me a Vanagon, they're, <laughs> they're overpriced now. That's the problem. Can I can't afford one. No. Uh, okay, and then we've got producer Ben dressed like a Girl Scout for some unknown reason. I don't know why. Um, but we've got a special guest joining us uh, on the phone today. Um, Patrick George is the editor in chief of Jalopnik.com which is part of the Gawker Media Empire and one of the most popular automotive culture sites on the internet. He is also a I'm also dressed as a Girl Scout today. Yeah, he's also dressed as a Girl Scout. This is crazy. But that's normal for me. <laughs> Obviously they didn't I work from home, so, you know, that's right. how I roll. Well, well, Patrick, hey, welcome to the show. Uh, and, and the first thing i got to ask is, it's Friday. I'm sure you've had a very relaxing, calm Friday, oh, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been an, it's been a very uh, long and interesting Friday for sure um, at the at, at the Jalopnik offices in Gawker Media uh, Empire, as you put it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now you know when we scheduled this interview, we weren't going to talk anything about Chapter Eleven or Gawker. We were just going to talk make maybe make fun of Hulk Hogan, and then we were going to talk about cars. Um, but obviously, a lot yeah. has changed. What? Uh- has changed since then um got a lot a lot um but i mean you know i i i are you do you want to sum up for your listeners all the things that happened today or would you like me to yeah no why don't you do it because uh you know you're a little closer you'll probably have a better uh understanding sure so i i i am but i am but a humble foot soldier in the gawker media machine um so i can only um speak on this you know i guess uh tersely but with what we what the company announced today is that they are going into chapter eleven bankruptcy in part because of the um unfair litigation that has been waged against us by an insane billionaire. Um <laughs> and the company is seeking a new owner. Um we have an offer from one company called Ziff Davis and we are um, that has not been finalized yet, but we are moving from there. Um this this purchase offer includes the entire company, all of Gawker Media, all of the websites, you know, tech, Kinja, ad sales, uh, all the blogs, everything like that. Uh, it's one big package. And, um, you know, we are actually very optimistic about the future after today and excited to see where things go from here. Well, that's the, that's great because, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of, of, of Jalopnik. Uh, it's, it's a great site. Thank you. Um, I, I enjoy the opposite lock, you know, talking to random people on the internet. <laughs> um, it's sort of a more, more of a forum, but even, you know, the stories on the front page have always been interesting. And the, the times that you guys have helped out Delhi Turismo when we've written a story on the opposite lock and you put it on the front page has been extremely beneficial. So I, I can't, I can't tell you that it would be a, a big blow to the, to sort of the car hobby. And, um, 
you know, people around the world if Jalopnik was to go away? I appreciate that you saying so, but I, what I am here to say, I can assure you that Jalopnik is not going away like that, that we, until this agreement is finalized, um, it's business as normal at the office. We, as I said on, on our post today, we are going to continue writing. We are going to continue doing videos. We're going to continue telling great stories and all the formats that we tell them. Um, and we are excited to see what our new ownership does with the company eventually. And, and, I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic and very excited with how things are going, honestly. Good, good. Well, that, that uh, optimism is, uh, is going gonna, is gonna to pay dividends, I'm sure, because it's, uh, there's, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of people on the web, and there's a lot of people who are being sort of negative about it. And um, it's all the haters out there. <laughs> what, do you, what do you say? You know, I, I, what I can say to my haters is, like, get ready to cry yourselves to sleep at night uh, every night because Jalopnik is not going anywhere. Um, and honestly, like, you, you say that the reaction has been very negative, but uh, from what I have seen, it's been – I posted a, a story today saying, you know, hey, listen, we are working through this bankruptcy. This is normal until everything gets hammered out. Um the reaction to that has been extremely positive, extremely supportive. I mean, like like 99.99% of comments and tweets and emails I've gotten from people has been like, yeah, you know, hang in there, keep on kicking ass and doing what you do. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not been like, I love watching you go down in flames. <laughs> also because that's not what's happening here, but we've, we've, we've received a tremendous outpouring of support from um, both the car community and from like the larger uh, you know, body of readers who, who check in with us every day. And that's been really like reassuring and, and, and honestly heartwarming to see. And it's been awesome. So I, you know, I'm feeling good after everything ended today. I really am. I think you guys have a really like loyal and, and rabid fan base basically. So yeah, us included. So, you know, we're definitely rooting for you and, and it's great to hear that you had a lot of support today from the people who enjoy your website every day. And I'm one of those people. I go there Whenever I have a free moment at work or want a uh, you know a laugh about some news item or a, a silly story about somebody breaking down in a Volkswagen Bug or whatever, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you very much. We we work we work hard to bring you guys, our our, our lawyer readers, and and also just wider people on the internet, good storytelling every single day, whether it's whether it's short blog posts or it's you know the, the longer stuff that we spend months digging into. It's we. We, we do our best to bring put good things on the internet. Now, um, you took over the helm uh, editor-in-chief in November of last year. Is that right? I did, yes. Okay. So what are some of your favorite stories from the past you know, six months? We had a lot, honestly. Um, and I am sitting in front of my computer, so I'm going to look them up. Uh, one of my cheater. favorites was <laughs> that. Again? That's cheating. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. No, that's fine. We do I'm the same thing. I'm, I'm wearing my Girl Scout outfit, like yeah. as you know. Um, you have no idea what we're doing. Right. Well, we had a lot of great stories. That's over the benefit last, of the uh... year, last six months. Um, one of my favorites that really stands out in my mind is one that um, Tyler Rogaway, who, who recently departed us for um, Warzone, uh, he wrote it was about the family that lives next to Area 51. And that's one of the fa- my, my favorite stories that I've ever done. Uh, my entire career or worked on. I was, I was fortunate enough to edit Tyler on that and then help him, help him put that together. That was a really amazing story. It's kind of outside the wheelhouse of cars. It was a fascinating uh, story about defense and just, and just human beings. Um, I'm really proud of that. We've had a lot since then. We had, um, 
how Rob Dom got screwed over by UPS. Uh, we've done some stuff about Elio Motors. We've done stuff about um, uh, David Tracy did a thing about how to how to dye your clothes with motor oil. We've done stuff on Donald Trump. We've done stuff <laughs> on Faraday Future. Um, recently, uh, Steph Schrader had an, a really incredible story about the concussion that she suffered during a racing accident. Uh, and also how concussions are treated in, in motorsports in general. And I was, I was really proud that we had it. It was a, it was a beautiful and powerful story. And um, also Jason Torjinski did an, uh, a, a really in-depth investigation into Hennessy performance uh, down in Texas. And I can tell you that that, that story, that there, there are, there are other angles of that story that we are currently working on as well. So yeah, I think that the team that we currently have at Jalopnik is probably the strongest team of writers and reporters that we've ever had. And I, I'm proud of the work we do daily. Yeah, that 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 Hennessy story was uh, certainly a, a big one and sort of a big shocker. You know, you, you Hennessy, you just you know you hear a performance, but you don't hear this kind of behind the scenes kind of weird stuff that happens. It's, mm-hmm. It seems like you guys are doing more investigative journalism now. Is that is that fair to say? I would like us to do that. Um, that's my so that's my background actually. So before I came to Jalopnik, I, I didn't I didn't write about cars. I was a, I was a newspaper reporter for about seven years, and I covered the courts and I covered law enforcement. Um, and I got eventually I got sick of that. I was like, I just want to do cars. I can say on the radio show, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we 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 we'll edit it out for the um, when we go on iTunes. Oh, okay, it's I'll okay. get to edit it out. Well, then I'll try not to use the f bomb. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks. Sorry, that's okay. No, I, I, I was I was in I was a, a, a newspaper reporter for for years, and that's my background is investigating. And I think that that's that's what we do. That that test one of the things that sets us apart. One of the main things that sets us apart from our competition and from the rest of the automotive sphere is that we we devote real resources into investigating. Um, the industry and larger issues in, involving transportation, um, using public records, you know, using all, all sorts of different techniques. That I just think really people, other people, really devote time to, and that is something that I would like us to do more. Uh, um, these things take time and resources, obviously. And like I told my my writers, I told our readers before, like if I could have four or five really great investigative stories a year, I'd be happy, and that was one of them. Well, it's great to see some muckraking in the automotive <laughs> journalism, you know, automotive blogs, like because there's so many that just kind of it seems like they kind of regurgitate, you know, whatever the the news stories are of the day, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, you want to know, okay, what's the new the new car that's coming out today, or what's the you know the recall that's happening now, and that that's great to have that. But um, you know, the people that live and breathe cars every day, like kind of like we do and and you do, um, it's it's great to see more behind the scenes stuff or, or things that maybe wouldn't, wouldn't be uh, publicly known um, that you guys can investigate. So thank you for doing that. I, I, I appreciate that. And I think that, that that good investigative journalism is badly needed in the automotive sphere because it tends, it tends to be a, um, it tends to be a subset of journalism. that's very servile. That's very, you know, obedient that, that tends to just want to go on press drive. You got to get that ad money. Yeah, they get bad money. They got to they got to get press cars. They just kind of do what they're told. And I, I think there's a real there's a real lack of like outlets that are really willing to dig and piss people off and and also affect positive change. Hopefully, and that's what you aim for too. So that's and and we've never really cared who we piss off, and that's certainly been true under me. Um, and I plan to continue that as as long as I possibly can for sure. So. Yeah. Now, how how um this is you know it's, you're the editor of the the 
the publication, how do you um, sort of uh, run the gambit between, you know, your duty to your readers and your duty to your advertisers? I don't give a shit about our advertisers at all. I, I have, <laughs> there is a, at Docker Media, no, I'm serious. Like, at, at Docker Media, there's a wall between editorial and advertising. I have no idea what advertisements go up on the site. I don't know where the ad deals are done. I, I don't have, I don't know what, who they're talking to. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I use Adblock on our site so that it makes Pinja <laughs> easier for me to use. Like, I don't have okay, a clue what hilarious. ads are on our site, and I don't care. And like, if someone said, oh, well, you know, so-and-so car company canceled their ad account, um, you know, because you, if someone for advertising, like, uh, over beers, one they told me, like, a so-and-so car company canceled their ad account over this story. I'm like, oh, bad. Like, like go get, you know, um, go get another ad account. Like that's that's your job. Like my job is to put stories on right, the like, internet. Like if you crash, on the internet. If, if you crash a press drive Camaro, like hypothetically. <laughs> yeah, hypothetically. hypothetically. Is, is, would that would that would that hypothetically not saying that's that something that's ever happened that you I don't know if it has or not. That would literally um, have an impact, <laughs> physically impact your. What, yeah, in this case, literally impact. Wait, yeah. so Did so that, so that was that was a year ago, right? It was a year ago. Yeah, about it was. Uh, yeah, it's about a year ago now. So yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to rehash old news, but I, I think that's a sort of interesting story. You you want to tell us a little bit about what what happened there? Not really. No. Not really. Uh, I'll say that <laughs> that's I'm. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'm serious. Like I'll say that I'm bad at um, driving on a track and with no runoff areas and and trying to talk on camera at the same time. It was not something I had a lot of experience with, but. Um, uh yeah you know we that that happened and i frankly i'm proud to work at an outlet where um uh we own up to our mistakes right and we can tell the reader that like hey a crash happened because i screwed up not because there's a safety issue or something we need to be aware of but because like there was there was human error like i i, I like that aspect of, of working here and encouraging out my writers being being honest and open and transparent with our readers um, is, is, is very important to me. And sometimes when you screw up, you got, you got to take the punches. It just, that's just, that's just part of the job. And there's a lot of outlets that we've called out before who have, um, crashed press cars on drives. I remember when the M3 and M4 launched in Germany, uh, the current M3 and M4, uh, well, I guess the only M4 because there's only one, but like right. when those cars launched in Germany or Europe rather, um, there were like two of them got written off. At, at the at the launch, like they were crashing the walls, and like they were they were done so, and those stories never appeared in in, in publication. And I think the way I look at it is that you know, as a writer, you have a duty to tell your readers: Did this happen because you screwed up? Because you weren't paying attention? Because you weren't skilled enough? Because you know yeah. you're distracted? Whatever? Or because there was a safety issue with the car that that owner should know about? Right. And that's why we do what we do. Right. And. Even, yeah, I I put that car in a wall. I've taken my my lumps over it. I continue to take them every day, but it's, <laughs> at this point, I'm just like, well, whatever, you know. Even, no, even no. if there's no safety issue, I mean that that in itself becomes a story about you know uh, you're a car enthusiast, you're driving on a track like a lot of enthusiasts do, and you can make mistakes, mm-hmm. and that that might be I don't know. There's value there as as a reader to learn um, you know maybe some tips about about safe driving on track, right? So. I think I, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, every, every people make mistakes on track. Professional race car drivers make mistakes on track. Like uh, for you know, and for any automotive journalist, like okay, like ninety for any like ninety percent of automotive journalists for them to claim that like there's some sort of god behind the wheel that's simply another bull crap. Yeah, I, I like, know that's, that's, not, I know that's like, not true. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know these people. I've driven with yeah. them. Like most of them are are as terrible as I am. Um, <laughs> 
and and you have like a rare overlap of like some like drivers who can really write really write well and also really drive and those are the people I try to employ for my high performance test so they're like Rob Holland uh, Dale Lomas recently Mark Ruth Jack Ruth people like that you know that's 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 like a rare like intersection and Venn diagram between people who can like write and drive you know if you know what I mean yeah maybe Steph as well. And I, I yeah, was, no, Steph, <laughs> Steph, Steph can handle herself. Steph is, Steph is easily one of the best drivers on the Jalopnik staff currently. And I think that, uh, you know, I, she's, she's been really eager to, like, get back on track after her crash and as she's recovered, and, and she's going to get back out there soon and, like, you know, let people know who she is. I'm excited to see that. Yeah, you know, I, I read that story, and, and it, was, it was a really captivating story because, you know, Chris and I both raced 24-hour lemons from, for many years mm-hmm. now. And um, we've seen ugly crashes on track, and and you know cars roll and and stuff, and no one's, you know, aside People from people died. I, well, I was at a race where a guy died. Yeah, yeah. he had a heart attack though, right? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, but it's so it's yeah. it's dangerous, and it's nice to see someone come out and say, hey, racing's dangerous. You know, I had my head, you know, pr- my brain practically pulled from you know the inside of my head due to a crash where it didn't look like anything was wrong, but something was wrong, and yeah. so. That kind of stuff, it's like the concussions in, you know, football, you know, it's it's similar. Yeah, very similar, right? And, you know, as I told my staff, if you look at that story, I, maybe I'm naive, but I think that the best kind of journalism is the, is the kind of journalism that can help people. And I like that story because I think it has a chance to help people. Because I think that people will read that and they will understand what concussion and traumatic brain injury patients go through. Mm-hmm. And they'll get they'll, they'll they'll get a sense of a better sense of like what that's like to recover from that because I can honestly tell you like I didn't think much of concussions before Steph went through that as, as one of my writers and as one of my friends as someone I employ I, I was just like you know oh you're you're you, you got a headache for a few days but there's a, so much more to it than that and I think that she so perfectly articulated what it's like to go through that and to come back from it and I think that that if you read the comments in that story there's so many people who are like yeah like no one's ever really come out and said what this is like like i have endured this for whatever reason and and you were spot on i'm I'm so proud that we had that story i also think that in automotive writing in general there is kind of this pervasive attitude it's definitely like a veneer like everybody is a god everybody everybody is like eric and senna everybody is this amazing driving person no one ever makes mistakes it's like this like uber macho thing even if you're a woman i guess you know and like you know, you, you, you're always perfect. And like, that's, that's not how driving works. That's not how racing works. You don't make mistakes. Crashes happen. Yeah. Cars fail on the track. Like that is what people go through when, when, you know, it's an imperfect sport is an in, inherently dangerous sport. And I think that her story was powerful enough that it, it, it dispelled a lot of myths that people think of when they think of like the heroism of racing at any level. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that you're pointing out that people are more like Pastor Maldonado <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most of us anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've crashed my, my We just don't have the car. Venezuelan government backing us with billions of dollars right. to yes. get us into an F one car. If, if if only. I mean if 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 some like oil state wants to sponsor me, I'll get out there. Let's yeah, let's right. do this. Yeah, I think sure. like a good gig, man. <laughs> Take it if you well, can get it. Yeah, maybe you, yeah. You'll, you'll be the next Seriously. Bill Caswell. <laughs> yeah, right. Except Bill, Bill did all that stuff on his own. But yeah. I, I imagine him with Petro State money, he'd probably be like the head of the United Nations or something insane <laughs> like that by now. Probably. <laughs> he'd be manipulating the world's banks from a bunker deep underground, yeah. I think. <laughs> more, more, so, more so than he already does yeah. normally. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, shifting gears a little bit, a question that, that I know Vince wanted to ask, and I also wanted to ask you too. Um, if, if you were going to give advice to like a young car guy or girl or, or a young writer or blogger, um, trying to get into automotive journalism, um, what would you, what would you tell them? What would that advice be? I, 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 I deal with this question a lot and I can only speak from my own experience. I would say that it's really beneficial. A, if you have another area of expertise that you come from, like I, I came from covering law enforcement in the courts and those skills have served me really well in my career. So like be able to write about more than just cars. I think that that's really critical, whether it's politics or it's culture or it's music or just anything, like be able to apply those skills that, that you have to car writing, and you will be vastly more effective than someone who just wants to write about cars. Uh, the other thing also is like, you have to love writing before you love cars. And that's, that, that's going to be shocking to some people, but yeah. you, like, it's a lot of, we grind. I mean, it is, it is four or five stories a day and you make time for longer projects, but you have to love writing to work in July. You have to love putting stuff on the internet. You have to love reporting and creating stories about cars like that is your first love and your close your very close second love is cars that's that's the advice i have the, the young people want to get into this like be, you need to be a badass writer first and be able to tell people why you love cars second that's that's the kind of person i want to hire yeah because there's there's tons of people that are you know crazy car enthusiasts but they may not make they may not be able to convey that um, in a way that's entertaining or informative for someone else to read, right? That's that's what you have to yeah. keep in mind, I think. That's yeah, it. absolutely. And I mean, we we regularly with what we do, we aim for an audience that's outside of just car enthusiasts. I mean, we do yeah. a lot of stuff that's just for car people, a lot of it. But mm-hmm. also, we we aim for stuff for people who are into technology, or people who are into culture, or people who might just find us through, you know. Uh, a, a link on another Gawker site or, or on Facebook or whatever. Like it's aiming in wide, you know, is, is, is one of the reasons we've been, why I think that we've been so successful in what we do. What I tell my writers is like, don't be the preacher who preaches to the choir, be the evangelist, be the person who comes down from the mountain and is, is preaching the gospel of cars, to the masses who, who gets people who don't care about cars to care, who, who don't care about racing to care about what they, but what we do. Like that's when you're really successful at this. Because you and I, you guys and I, we could talk about how awesome cars are all day long. Right. And so we're blue in the face. Where is that really going to get us? You know, we need to convert people. That's what we need to do. No, no, actually, I, I, I want less people to be interested in cars. There's too many of <laughs> them out there on the road. They're driving the prices up, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I want, I, want everyone in, I want everyone in autonomous pods, and I'll have my, you know, uh, uh, old Alfa Romeo that I'm driving that that's unsafe and has no airbags. I'm like whatever, you know. Yeah, fun. nobody will care at that point, right? So it might actually be better. Yeah, nobody will care at that point. It might be better. I, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm gonna use the pods as like a, a sort of a slow moving chicane that I'm just gonna kind of <laughs> careen through. Yeah, with my you know old Mustang. And, yeah. or something. and I would say you'd scare the crap out of those people, but they're gonna be asleep or Facebooking anyway, so they they won't care, <laughs> right? <laughs> the people well, in those pods. Last, yeah. last, Last year, we had a series of stories by Alex Roy about the future of autonomous cars, and one of them, we had this like this this top shot we call it, it was like like the, the, the top arc on the photo, and it was this red BMW M1 in a sea of like autonomous Mercedes pod cars, like endless pod cars, as far as you can see, and this one red M1 sticking out in the in the in the middle of them, and I was like, you know. 30 years from now, I'm going to be that guy. You want to like, be that guy. Uh, I, I, 
I'll be that guy. Like, you can have your autonomous cars. I see the benefits there. If you want a Facebook when you're commuting to work, fine. I will be the guy in the M1, yeah. and that's the choice I'm going to make. <laughs> Yeah, that's I know. Awesome. I, I don't want other people to drive gasoline. I want them to drive electric because I want to save the gas for me. Yeah. It's great, Amen. too, because yeah. I'm wearing a, a, t -sh a shirt right now with a red BMW M1 on it. <laughs> a blip Very shirt. Very nice. Shirt. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you okay. said that, I looked down like, like oh, wait, is he talking about my shirt? What? So, so Patrick, <laughs> Patrick, then tell us, uh, you're your car guy. What's uh, what's in your garage? What, what are you driving you know, on a regular basis? My wife and I, we are on our second Mini Cooper S. Uh, we bought a, we bought, and we had a 2008 before that that we we bought in Washington when we lived in Washington D.C. that we loved. Um, it got up there in miles and repair bills, and uh, I, we, we that car was wonderful when it worked. And increasingly, the, the older it got, it was like the less it worked right. So last year we parted with it and we bought a uh, 15 Mini Cooper S. We got we, it was the first time in my life I bought a, I bought a new car. Um, and uh, yeah, I was blown away by it. And it was, it was funny because like that that car, that, that 15 Cooper S, was one that we I drove when it launched, like in 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 2014. Like I was like, I'm a Mini Cooper, I'm gonna drive, I'm gonna go drive this thing. Yeah. And I didn't love it at first when it when it launched, and and it took me a long time for it to grow on me. But now I absolutely love the car, and it is it is what I get in when I need to stay sane, when I need to. Drive fast or drive on a good back road and ring it out, and I, I I've been very happy with it so far. Uh, but that's like the new car. Like I have been looking for months now for like an interesting older car to buy as well. And you know I keep going back to just buying a damn Miata, and I feel kind of bad about it because like that's such an obvious choice. You know, like you I should, should do, do some yeah. more no, interesting. Don't, don't yeah. do it. Yeah, don't you, do you do should it. do it. You should no, do it. I, I just, no, I finally I just, gave into that after like 15 years, and it's awesome. You should do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you should. You should. Even do my it. wife Look. was like, even my wife was like, I look, I keep looking at these weird cars, these weird old things, and like, oh, this Alfa Romeo, this MG was there. She's like, just buy the damn if, Miata. If you want to drive, if you want to drive, buy yeah. the Miata. Yeah. But you see, you already have a car. I think I'm gonna. You already have a car that handles nicely and that's reliable, and you know the Mini Cooper. So to me. If you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna get a car and you want an interesting car, go to dailyturismo.com and just start reading the stories that we publish every day about the the, the you know, terrible project seventy seven yeah. Plymouth <laughs> Fire Arrows with you know with the Chevy V eight in them, and you're probably in a smog free place. So you probably can have anything you want and get that anything. Yeah, that's that's an, that's true. I don't know. Or you could just get, we like, have, get yeah we have cars. We have no regulations that Texas. No. Um, I'm I'm a sports car guy. Like I like I like the ideal car for me is like is like two seats, six shifts, convertible, ideally like in rear wheel drive. Like and I, like as simple as possible. Like that's all I want to be in. What about an MGB and or like, like a, a Datsun Roadster a, or something a, like that? An MGB or a Datsun Roadster would be if like if I if I found like a decently priced Datsun Roadster like near me, I'd probably buy it tomorrow. Okay. Almost certainly. Like that'd be cool as hell. Although I'd worry about getting parts for it. Like that's that, that's concerning. Just, just um, speaking of Dodson, I, I recently, I recently went, uh, I was, I was down in San Antonio. I test drove a 1986 Nissan 300ZX, naturally aspirated, stick shift. And I was like, this car is going to be it for me. Like, I love weird 80s cars. I love Japanese cars. Got pop up headlights, got a stick shift. And then I drove it. And like everything that, Everybody says about that car was absolutely true. It's really heavy. It's really underpowered. It feels like you're driving a pickup truck. There's no fun at all. Like it was definitely for like 
like gold chain wearing like cologne guys yeah. in the 80s who did a lot of coke rather than like sports car guys. And there's probably <laughs> some or, or still or in the car, right? <laughs> some residue. Yeah, there probably was. Like I didn't get a chance to look for it, but like I, I was like, it had, it had red interior, like a red velour fucking interior in this thing. <laughs> With like a little coke shelf on and, the dash, right? Yeah, totally. I was I was excited about it. And then I drove it and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna get a smaller sports car. So yeah, I've been looking off and on and like it's 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 like online dating. Like I just I keep looking and I haven't found the right one yet. You'll you'll find it. Just keep looking and you know, there's all those like weird uh I won't say one off, but um you, you can even go like looking like kit cars and stuff and some of those get a little expensive, but there's mm. you know if you want a Volkswagen Beetle that doesn't look like a Volkswagen Beetle, but I don't know. Yeah. You got to come up I've with some better move, I've that. always wanted to move to a lot make for like an all Volkswagen lineup. <laughs> like Brat has his, he now, he, he now owns two Beatles, although like neither of them really run that great, but Jason has one too. I've, I've, I love Carmen Gia's. It's one of my favorite cars ever. Um, I love like weird old golfs, like from the eighties, like those are great too. The golfs and GTIs and, um, Maybe maybe people will like like tell me for saying this. I love like old cabrios. Like those are, those that seems like to be really fun cars. So like we just need to move Jalopnik to an all old Volkswagen lineup or a Sirocco or a Corrado. That'd be cool as hell. I now, think. Now yeah, right? yeah. Get the supercharged one, the G60. The, the, with the G Lada. Yeah, yeah. Those are weird. I I saw that there was one in, for sale in Austin recently. A uh, Corrado. With that, that that wacky supercharged engine it had in the in the early nineties, and I saw that and I was like, I'm really tempted to go for this thing. And that's that's like another one of those cars, like you can never explain to your wife, you know, ever. Like you, you want to buy what, you know? <laughs> so it didn't it we, didn't go very far. We know but what I that's like. We all know what that's like here. <laughs> yeah, I I have, I have this sob that we're not going to talk about. Oh wait, no, I think we should me. talk about it later. It's rocking, Let's know, talk about the sob. I'll hear about the sob. I, I bought this sob nine nine. It was EMS. It's this like it's it was a, a cool turbo without a the turbo. Yeah, essentially sob ninety nine turbo without yeah. the turbo. Yeah, and um, it was this hideous spleen, the color of like your spleen, kind of red and. Um, my wife, uh, yeah, she hated it, and I heard about that car every day. I just had to sell it because it was just—it was either that or divorce, and that divorce is expensive in California. And we have three kids, so it just wasn't. I figured the car had to go. You just—the problem is you bought it like fifteen years too late. You should have bought it like back in the day before right? we were married. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the correct way to buy it. <laughs> but but then um, yeah. somebody who actually told me to buy the Saab then later gave me a Buick Roadmaster wagon. And so now she's giving me a hard time about that as well. So it's like, I'm like... <laughs> he can't win. I, yeah, I can't win. But at least I didn't pay anything for that, so I can't yeah. really complain. It's kind of an oddball. Uh, yeah. All right, so before we take a break, which we're going to take in a, in a minute or two here, um, Patrick, what um, what's the... And I'm not, I'm not going to say the biggest challenge facing Jalopnik. I'm going to say the second biggest challenge. I think the first biggest you can't deal with, so... Uh, and that's the whole Gawker you know, <laughs> apocalypse thing going on. But um, what's the what's the second biggest challenge that you're facing at Jalopnik, um, you know, in the next couple months? It's it's a boring one. It's 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 time management for all my writers and me. It's you know it's a question of like grinding out daily stories that you guys want to read that uh, bring people to the website and then making time for like the bigger projects, the bigger investigations, the bigger, the bigger, like the sort of move the needle. But I think that's really true at any publication. Like that was certainly true when I was a newspaper reporter. It's definitely true here. I mean, that's just kind of, there's nothing I can't fix at Jalopnik with like, 
without, or there's nothing I can't fix a job, Nick, with um, an infinite amount of time and money and, and, and resources. And I don't have infinite numbers of any of those things, but, you know, I guess figuring out time to do the stuff that really matters in addition to the stuff that, like, you know, people come to the website for every day, that's the big problem, or the big challenge, I guess. I wouldn't call it a problem. But we, we do it. I think we do it well, and we're getting better and better at it. Okay. All right. Hey, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Um, that uh, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Yeah. Good. We're uh, with. We, it's been a. It's been a great, fun uh, interview. And uh, everyone, that was uh, that was Patrick George. He's the editor in chief of Jalopnik.com. You can follow him at Jalopnik, or you can go to the Twitter handle by Patrick George and send him some messages, positive ones, right? Yes, positive ones, if you don't mind. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. This was wonderful. I will I will happily be a guest anytime you'd like. This is great. Okay. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, when again. we come back from the break, guys, we're gonna play some uh, play some games. Listening to Daily Turismo Radio. Here is this week's Blue Glove Tool Review, brought to you by DailyTurismo.com. Open your wallets and pull out your credit cards. It's time for another Blue Glove Tool Review. This time, we're going to talk about one of the forgotten heroes of the toolbox, uh, specifically the metal file. You don't see these... Uh, well, you see these very often in, in toolboxes, but these aren't something that got... The, they don't get the top shelf treatment. They're not like your screwdrivers, your ratchet wrench that you use all the time, and you're certainly not going to see them show up on Christmas cards. Um, but these tools are needed. They're, they're used frequently. And um, I'm a big fan of the Craftsman 3-piece file set. It, they're 8-inch um, files that you can buy for about $22 on Craftsman.com. Or you can head over to DailyTurismo.com and look up our Blue Glove Tool Review and click on the uh, affiliate link so we make a few bucks. But these um, little bastards, and that's no that's really what they're called. They're little round, uh, half round, semi round uh, bastard files. And they're designed to mill metal, but you can also use them on wood or plastic if, if, if the need comes up. And um, they're extremely useful for pulling a small amount of material away for any job you don't need special tools or training or safety measures well maybe eye protection or gloves if you're dealing with metal um but these are needed in every guy's toolbox about twenty dollars you can buy yourself a set and they'll last your whole life they don't wear out um nothing's replaced so uh just uh do it and go buy it and don't worry we won't tell your wife about it
Richard from Jalopnik, editor-in-chief of Jalopnik.com, I should say. Um, getting a little bit of an echo here, but that's okay. It's good. Uh, you like to hear yourself. Come on. You know, it's, it's like the bat cave, right? <laughs> There's some, some bats in here. <laughs> There's some bat heads in here. Uh, anyway, um, we are going to do something that we like to call the 10-second car review now. Well, first we, we're going to open up the phone calls. Oh, is that th- that's the first thing we're going to do? Okay, we will open the phone lines. Feel free to call in and interrupt us while we're doing the 10-second car review. Or if you want to join in, that's great. Ooh. If you have a car that you would like to review in 10 seconds or, or you know, plus or minus five minutes, <laughs> <laughs> there's a big tolerance band on that. Um, the number is 424-260-2822. That's 424-260-2822. So uh, please call and heckle us and uh, interrupt us. But uh, until someone calls, we are going to do the 10-second car review. And if you haven't noticed, this is not Vince talking. This is C-Flow talking right now. Whoa, I didn't even notice that. You didn't. You thought did, you were talking? I didn't talking. notice it either. I thought, yeah. <laughs> Vince is sitting I here thinking, oh, I'm doing I a thought, great I job. I thought it was Patrick George. <laughs> um, so, but I'm going to turn the tables on Vince, and I'm going to ask him to review some cars in 10 seconds that I came up with. So do I get to be do uh, I get to be the C flow and have like the second? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, this is a, the world's upside down today, guys. <laughs> yeah, dogs and cats living together. <laughs> C flow's back from Colorado. Ham- so, we're just, we're, so, so we're just going with it. We're just. Dan you know. said that last time. Uh, yeah, hats, wearing dogs. people. I don't yeah. know hamburgers eating people. people. Okay, ten second car review. So Vince. Uh oh. Wait, what's a car? Got reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Tatra six hundred three is the first car. Streamlined. Yep, it's um, it's probably a horrible car to drive, but mm-hmm. a great truck car to like have in your garage. And people look at it and be like, "Oh, what's that?" Air cooled V eight out back. It's great. Is it V? Okay, yeah. yeah. I I wasn't sure that you were gonna know what this car was when I wrote it down. So I'm glad that you do have a review of it. Um, it yeah. yeah. I mean, it, Ben. Ben. Yeah. It, you know what? It, it's fun to drive. <laughs> <laughs> do you have one? Everybody has one. It's right? Rack and pinion steering. <laughs> No, no idea that, what you're talking about. The Tatra 603 is a Czech car um, by made by a company called Tatra that is kind of some people think that that Ferdinand Porsche stole the idea of the Volkswagen from the Tatra guys. Uh, Hans Ledvinka, I think was the guy's name. Anyway, it's a rear engine, air cooled, streamlined car. It's kind of beetleish, but this model that I'm talking about has a V8 in the back, behind the back rear wheels, and it looks kind of like a weird spaceship type car it looks like know. if you took a, a scarab beetle and made it like huge and made a yeah. engine in the back that's what and it put some like. headlights on it it's yeah. awesome okay yeah, it, it's a big shock that the first car c-flow picks is an air-cooled car <laughs> yeah <laughs> and terrible as well yeah. well it wasn't a volvo so it is kind of a big shock <laughs> all right second car is the subaru brat uh i, I you know i've wanted oh. to own one of these what? That ticking is really Ten loud. <laughs> oh, you're done. You're I've done. I wanted to own these, and they're uh, they're awesome. You know, chicken tax evaders uh-huh. and yes. uh, little seats, jump seats in the back. I want to sit in the back of one of them and pretend I'm like shooting people with like a machine gun mounted. Oh, because the they have those they have those oh. handles. Yeah, the yeah. death handles. Yeah, because yeah. it's no seatbelt. I think it's a turret. No, I I think they did have, or maybe not. It was the '80s, man. You didn't need a seatbelt in the back, right? That's true. Yeah. Or late '70s. I was gonna say yeah, I no, remember people they, riding they back there have, all the time, but seatbelt though I think they did not have seatbelts. No. No, I can't imagine they would because I, I, it was. I mean, you could ride the back of a pickup truck bed back then, right? Yeah. I mean, so why would you have a seatbelt? I mean, yeah. Jeez, it's crazy. There, there was some point in the '90s, at least here in California, where they said that if you could ride in the back still, but you had to have a seatbelt. So, well, 
I mean, my he, dad actually had a Toyota pickup, and he did this same thing. He wow. took some Toyota Celica seats and mounted them on those um, cargo slider track things. Mm-hmm. And me and my brother used to sit in the back of his Toyota pickup facing backwards, and then he bolted seatbelts down through the bed floor. So, so you were a Toyota brat? Yeah, it was kind of a Toyota brat, but it had a shell on it, so you couldn't uh, tell that there was somebody mm-hmm. back there. But like we could see people... And they couldn't see us because the windows were tinted, and they don't you don't expect someone in the back of a pickup, right? So we used to like shout at people. And... <laughs> so it was so it was like a, so <laughs> it was, was kind like of fun, a, it was like a pickup limo brat. Where, like, yeah, you know, you except just... you're just sitting in a metal bed. Was there a wet of, bar? Uh, a wet no. bar? No. Did your dad ever forget that you were back there and just like go into the house and leave you in the hot tub? <laughs> no, <or anything>? but <laughs> he, he would pass stuff through the um, the sliding windows in the in the pickup cab. So if he'd have like, you know, go through the drive through or whatever and get lunch and he'd like pass us a few French fries through the window. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was fun. Like being uh, fed in prison. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. So that's a good memory. Um, all right. Ben, Subaru Brat. You know, what? Uh, like Vince, I mean, they were cool before I actually had a license and then I'm like, I would never drive one of those. Oh, <laughs> well, that's, I, I, that I is, would drive one. That's different. Oh, would I would don't. That oh, yeah. is your oh, okay. mistake. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because they're really actually, cheap. Actually, my neighbor down the street, if you, if you go, if you go mm-hmm. east to here on the north side of the street, they have a brat and she still drives it. That's awesome. And yeah, I feel bad for her Speaking every time of I which, see her. there's a Volvo, a classic Volvo down the street the other yes, way. Yes. Yes. I just there, saw fact, it today. There's three of them. Oh. In, the, in the driveway, there's two more. Oh. You, you should move. It's at Amazon. This neighborhood's going to hell. <laughs> there's this car that I drive by every time I come to the studio that had a cover on it, and I was trying to figure out what it was because it looked really small. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I kind of recognize those taillights, but I was thinking it was some sort of English car or whatever. And then today it's uncovered, and it's a Volvo Amazon 122. Nice. So I was surprised. But, um, you anyway. know, identifying cars under under car covers could be like a whole segment on the show because that that's a fun game. I do it yeah. with my kid all the time. Yeah, because it makes for great radio. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not the best format for the show, or this show isn't the best format for that. But um, speaking of format, if you'd like to um, improve upon this radio show by calling in, that would be appreciated. Can they, can they can they review a car if they uh, yes call in? yes I will I will extend this courtesy to the the callers um, and the number again is four two four two six zero two eight two two and we don't have a screener so if you call and someone answers that means you're on the radio show so that's the screening is whether we answer or not because <laughs> we're just three guys in a little room so <laughs> there's no fancy corporate not that there's people anything wrong with that no it's yeah, fine no, I was gonna say okay. <laughs> Third car, Vince. He's hurtful. He's back from vacation. He's hurting already. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm we, not. We we missed him. I'm not disparaging. It. I'm not disparaging our show. I'm just stating the truth because it is a radio show and people can't see us. They might imagine some grand Actually, studio. If they, if they go to our That's Facebook grand. page, they will see it. Yeah. Yeah, they can. They they can see you my, guys. My my wife pointed out that we are basically doing Wayne's World. Like yes. this, That's pretty much true. is Wayne's World. Except for and we can we cannot afford the cable television. We no, we're not even that. We're not <laughs> no, even to that no, level. Yeah. <laughs> but what I said was okay. So is is some like big studio gonna like pick up our show and they're gonna make a replica of our studio inside their studio and then Rob Lowe is gonna come in and and replace Ben as the producer? Is I that? Because well, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. <all right>. <laughs> <laughs> and then cool. like Tia Carrera is gonna have a snake and you know I don't know. This, this story stuff. just got a lot better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Music videos. Okay. No, I'm always good with G career and a snake. I mean, come on. Third car. <laughs> Third car in the 10 second car review is. I, I like Carreras. Yeah. Good. Not good a Porsche. Uh, it's <gasps> a Cadillac hearse. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> 
And I know, I know there are There's some long history with stories the, the and feelings about us, Cadillac that, hearses, and that's why I'm asking about them. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say that it's a great car for creating around dead people, but then you people have no business driving them around the street unless you're a mortician. Don't yeah. buy one, and don't you know, don't store not... it in someone else's shop. Yes, <laughs> and don't take it apart. Don't pull the body off and leave the body in like the chassis in like two spots. Uh. Take up sixteen spaces in a <laughs> shop that's cooperative. Uh, no, it's just that they're they're terrible. They're really heavy. A hearse is really heavy because all the the, yeah. the reinforcement for the rolling sliding mechanism for the dead body are and, heavy and and yep. it's just it's not like I don't know the, the whole like I'm gonna. Well, it's great on Halloween, but other than you, you have 364 yeah, more days do? of the what year. What do you do with it for the rest of the year? You park it on the street and take up three spots. Or you pay someone <laughs> $400 to store it inside their shop and render or, the whole shop useless. Or there. you could even buy a house in like the Antelope Valley uh-huh. and, and store the purse there. <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Yeah. Hypothetically. I actually found on, on Craigslist today, I found a Mercedes-Benz diesel hearse, a what, W123 hearse for $2,000. <laughs> We we featured one of those in the past, but not it may be the same one. Oh, okay. <laughs> the guy's still trying to sell it. I don't know. Okay, Ben, uh, uh, Vince, I just want to say you're dead wrong with your review. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> if I had a little the, button I, to press right now, yeah. I would press yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Ding ding ding. <laughs> um, the Ghostbusters, man. Didn't you see the Ghostbuster thing? I think I even that sent was a not message a on it. Well, no, the one the, the one I sent okay. Vince that was, was an ambivalence. The original Ghostbusters car was an ambulance. Yes. So the, that does not apply in this no, situation. No, the, the, the one I sent Vince, though, the other day. was. Like, <laughs> well, and that's not right, the real Ghostbusters right. <laughs> Okay. I'm done with you. Fourth car is... It's I'm a, getting a soundboard up. Swing and a miss. It's a 1969 pony car, Okay. but it's not the one you're thinking of, Vince, because okay. I know you're a Mustang guy. It's a Camaro, 1969 Camaro. The worst car ever. No, you know what? <laughs> I actually love uh, the first-generation Camaro. Okay. 67, 68, 69. Um, I think that they're... They're good-looking cars. Um, the Chevy engines are actually better than Ford engines for like you know for yeah. displacements for displacement. They just make more power, I, and yeah. and the parts are cheaper and like you you know more aftermarket support for them. Um, and I would rock a Camaro all day long. They're a little pricey. Yeah, I was gonna say Mustangs are cheaper, right? Yeah, the coupes are cheaper. Equivalent. The fastbacks are more expensive than the. Than but the there coupe. was no Camaro fastback, so right. Yeah, can't really. Yeah. Vin, yeah. you, you, or Vince, you're a white guy from San Diego. Of course, you'll rock a Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Should, well, you I did rock it. You did have a Camaro. I did own a I Camaro, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I did actually. But own a I was, Camaro, I was just one. thinking, you know, comparing your '69 Mustang right. to its main competitor, the '69 Camaro. So you, you're oh, saying yeah, I'd rock a Camaro. Yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not biased for the Mustang or against the Camaro, really. No, just don't talk about AMCs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, I, oh, I'd, I like them too. I'd love a, a javelin. I'd actually, to be a honest, I'd, I'd rather have a javelin. No, that's not AMC. Oh. So you're you're thinking of Plymouth, which is which oh. is Chrysler. There used to be another crappy little car company that was American called AMC in what in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that got absorbed oh, yeah, by Chrysler. Sure. Uh, but yeah, they had a competitor muscle car called the Javelin, and then they made the AMX, the short version of it. Um, yeah, Camaro, awesome, awesome. Ben, how do you feel? Okay, about Camaros? Ben, what do you think about Camaros? That was your cue to jump in there. <laughs> uh, Camaros, um, oh, sixty-nine. I don't, Camaro. I, I don't have enough hair for a mullet, and I'm not a white guy <laughs> no, from no, San Diego. Not an '80s Camaro, a '69 Camaro. <laughs> a '69 Camaro, actually, um, they're fairly collectible these days, aren't they? They are. Like, uh, yeah, a friend of mine at work has one, and um, that's a great story. Uh, he's kind of well. <laughs> I I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> I know I know a, an old bald guy who owns a Camaro '69. He would fit right in. Okay, excellent. <laughs> as far as no, I've dri- no, I, I've never driven an old Camaro. Like I, I've drove the old Mustangs, like Vince's, and I don't know. Sounds don't like know you're not that excited up. about no, it. I'm not, uh, yeah, 
No, it just seems to me like they're wannabe Mustangs. Okay. Well, they sort of were. They came yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I'll stick with the original. I, it's funny because in the South the Bay, LA thing. area here, I still see like older people driving around in first gen Camaros that are like sort of beat up, not restored. And it's just like their daily mm-hmm. driver and they bought it new in the 60s and they're still driving it. Which I don't think you really see that in many other parts of the world. Do you, do you ever like think about following them home and just kind of lot like <laughs> knowing where they live and like, trying to like look for an estate sale sign or something? <laughs> just is that, wait patiently. Is that the terrible thing to do? Is that terrible? Thing? I don't know. It's probably probably see horrible. if they have life insurance. No. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Next car. What do, need, what do you need a hearse? Ten second car review. Next car is the Mazda Repu. Oh, the rotary, rotary engine pickup. R E P U. It's a terrible car until you get rid of that rotary, and then it's a great car. Yeah, because they also made a non-rotary. They didn't. I forget what they called it, but it's the same as the Ford Courier. The poo. Just the just the pickup. <laughs> just the poo. Um, same same as the Ford Courier that was sold here yeah. as uh, you know Ford Courier. That was actually a Mazda pickup with an inline four. Um, so you, you like those? Is that? <laughs> Somebody call. I don't want to say horrible <laughs> things about the rotary engine, but it's yeah. Um, yeah it's we know, we know you don't like the rotary engine. Well, uh, you know. But what I was what I was getting at is the fact that they put it in a pickup, where you want like torque, low end torque and fuel, fuel economy. economy. <laughs> All the things rotary doesn't have. <laughs> rotary has none of that. <laughs> Reliability. Yeah. You know, yeah. The ability like tow. Yeah. Nothing. No. It's just the screaming thing that makes a lot of noise that might eventually get you somewhere. What do you think, Ben? I think that if Vince doesn't like it, I do. So you do like the Mazda rotary engine pickup? I yeah, absolutely and you know, like you know what's it, yeah. weird is that the one car that the rotary should have gone in that it never made into was the stinking Miata. The, um, yeah, exactly. Why did they put the rotary in the Miata? Yeah, it's lightweight. It's yeah. peaky. It makes power. It's for a sporty car. It's just strange uh, they never know. did that. I don't know. Mm. Okay, uh... Next car is along those same lines. Well, not really. No, not at all. Sorry. It's uh, Honda Del Sol. Yeah, that's Ooh. right around the same lines. <laughs> it's Japanese. <laughs> Didn't they make a, um, a Del Sol SI, mm. the first generation <laughs> of El Sol? There was only one generation. I thought there were two generations of El Sol. No. Oh, I'm thinking because didn't they call it the Civic Del Sol, and later they rebadged it as just the pure Del Sol? Wasn't that isn't there generational gap? I think gap? you're Am making something, something up. Am I? I think am you're I... just hallucinating. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's pretty terrible. It's front wheel drive. Yeah. It's slow. It's it's just like. But it's a it's kind of a, a Civic. Car. Yeah, but yeah. it's uh, has, you talk about Civic hatchback. Those at least have no, some foundational it, coolness. Like the, it's, it's like the first car that you give to one of your kids, or you give it the to Del your Sol. daughter as, you, as she's going away to college. Yeah, yeah, so you, you know, know she's going to wrap it around a telephone tree. And, yeah, telephone you know, tree. <laughs> telephone pole. <laughs> You're not going to care. Telephone trees do exist, <laughs> actually. Those, so, well, telephone those poles are made trees. from trees as well. So, well, and those cell phone towers that right. are supposed to look like trees, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've actually thought it'd be awesome to take a Del Sol and like turn it into an MR2. Because it kind of looks like an MR2 already, mm-hmm. like a Honda version of an MR2, and just put the engine in the middle, and I don't know, it would still look like a Del Sol. So I don't know what you would achieve there. Have you seen but, a Del Sol at a Lemons race yet? Uh, I it's think got, so. It's got to be close sure if, if it hasn't already have. been there. Well, I mean, they're definitely at that level of value. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Did you have anything more to add, uh, no. Ben? No. No. Okay. Last car, oh, and boy. this is going to be a shocker. Volvo V70R. <laughs> oh. What do you think? Um, so, you know, I drove a V70R. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like right. For a living or? No, no, no. I just uh, test drove. A, a guy had one at work, and um, 
it, on paper, it sounds like a really good car. It's 300 horsepower. Yep. Right. All wheel drive. drive. Yep. Wagon. Mm-hmm. But the the actual execution was a little bit disappointing compared to other 300 horsepower all wheel drive cars. Which um, you have. Won. Right, which I have, yeah. Yep. So, Or even like an Evo, which I've driven an Evo yep. as well. And it's, um, but it's much bigger than those cars. It is much bigger. And that's yeah. the, see, the problem is that it got compared to those cars. And it shouldn't have been. It no. should have been compared to like a Mazda 6 or Mazda Speed 6. Or an Audi A6 or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. At most. Yeah. But it got it got lumped into this. Well, you know, it's it's a. Uh, it's more of a grown-ups car. Well, yes. Yeah. And so the the exhaust is really quiet, and mm-hmm. it's a five cylinder. Five cylinders is like, it's pretty. Oh, Ooh, we got. I a think call. we have a call. All right. Are we recording Skype? Yeah, we're. I, I hope so. <laughs> You're on the air with Daily Turismo. This is Mrs. Seaflow, and you do not give your daughter a Delphole. <laughs> because a Delphole to a girl is the equivalent of what guys think about girls who drive Wranglers. What is that? Stripper cars. Oh, okay. Uh, really? So, Didn't know that. So hold your tongues on the Delphole for your daughters, because <laughs> I know you guys all have them. So, so daughters, now, what am I going to do with my Delphole now? I got, I got, you I have to drive it. it. Yeah. You're gonna have to drive it, <laughs> or give it, to, you, or you, you can give you, it to. I can. It's son. I can recommend a good. <laughs> a, I can recommend a good son. waxing place for you, Ben, if you want to drive it. He <laughs> <laughs> might need to wax his head so that it can get all the sun from yes. the the removable target top. <laughs> What's that? Well, that's all I had to add. Oh. I just had to had to interrupt and just let you guys know that you went a little bit astray there on the Delphol thing. Thanks for setting them straight. Yes. And, and thank you for listening. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad someone listens. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mrs. Seaflow. You're That's, welcome. And nice tool review, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's her favorite segment. Yeah. <laughs> and you've never heard that one before, too. It's amazing, right? I actually went online and ordered some metal files, and then I remembered we have a whole drawer of them, so I canceled the order. <laughs> nice. Oh. And you didn't want to give money to Vince. You, no. Like, right. Yeah. Exactly. I realized that, but it was too late. I already clicked on the website. <laughs> Sorry. No good. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Good night. Bye. Bye. All right. Uh, <laughs> is that the last car? Because that was the last is, car. Yes. I, we can move on. Well, I think we have to. We have to take a little break. Oh yeah. From the radio show and really? give our people a. Uh, I don't know. Some kind thought, of. What do you mean? You thought? I thought we were going to do te- technology corner. Is that well, not right? Apparently, we're not because okay. um, we took so we, long we to do it on the, other, on the other side of the break. I mean, we got really oh, okay. going on. Unless, right. unless Vince, I want Ben's spectacular unless spec. Unless your wife okay. wants to call in, Vince. But now we have no. a break. All right, so a break. here's a we'll break. We'll be back. Hello, listeners. We would like to tell you about our sponsor, European Motorworks, here in Hawthorne, California. They specialize in the Volkswagen Type 4 engines. Yeah. In German, we say Europäische Kraftwerke. They can build any type of Volkswagen engine for you, including mile-to-wild, street, race, anything you desire. So, come and in and sagen, Daily Turismo Gesendency. Yeah. <laughs> that means, come in and tell them Daily Turismo sent you. Drink some beer and build a Volkswagen engine. Go to europeanmotorworks.com or call 1-800-722-8678. I'll be the same.
listening to Daily Turismo Radio. Hey, we're back. Uh, we just missed a caller. Oh, no, the caller's oh, calling in. We have the caller back. This is Daily Turismo uh, Radio. You're on the air. Who's calling? Hey, this is Adam. Adam, how you doing? Good, good, good. How are you? I'm I'm excellent. You guys, you guys are doing well. I mean, Patrick George, Bill Caswell, Mike Brewer. I'm waiting for the seance where Juan Emanuel Fangio play, you know, comes on and tells us how to drive. <laughs> We're waiting for that, too. We need we, driving lessons. We've got the Ouija board out every yeah, day. Yeah. I, I'm actually having a little trouble booking that one, <laughs> but we'll get it. <laughs> guys, well, that, uh, that, that, that's excellent. Uh, guys, for, for those of you uh, who are listening to the show, uh, Adam is a, uh, a, a new, he's, he's starting to contribute on the, on the back end of Daily Tourism and write some stories from us. So uh, I, I appreciate, appreciate it. And um, do you have any, uh, any questions or any uh, comments? Yeah, 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 you kind of hit a, a little bit on it. Two things. First, uh, you know, in, in some of your posts, you seem to, to be glad the uh, Draken is gone, and then others, you, you seem to feel like you, you missed a lot of the experience, and there seems to be a lot of story behind it with the old owner calling you after you sold it and put him in touch with the new owner. What, what's the whole story? A lot of us want to know. Oh man, the 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 Draken. Yeah, yeah. That, let's start. Let's start from the beginning on the Draken, because I don't know if 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 listeners know the whole story. But how okay. did you find that car, Vince? Well, first of all, what was it? Again. So it was a 1978 Saab 99 EMS, right? Which is the electronic manual special. It's it was something that that um, Saab introduced before the turbo was available, um, mm -hmm. and they uh, they offered it with a I think it was a, a faster ratio steering, and and it was designed as Something sporty that you could buy, manual steering and, and um, electronic uh, fuel injection. Yeah. And it was a cool car. Um, the one I, I picked it up, uh, was it two years ago? Yeah, um, something like from that. From a guy named Walter Wong, who's at Right Start Solutions in uh, Culver City. You have to tell the backstory of Walter Wong, too. Who is this guy and, and what does he do? Uh, man, he's this like crazy, um, I don't want to say crazy, but he's a... Uh, he's, a, he's a character. Yeah, he's a character. Like, if you just look up, like, who do I take my sob to in Southern California? Everyone says, well, Walter Wong. Yeah. He's like the expert, and he started like as a door-to-door -door mechanic. Was that right? He would like do house calls. Yeah, like out of a suitcase. And again, it's it's <laughs> it's hard to tell the internet. You know, it's, like it's the, the town doctor or something. No, I I think before he had a shop, he would just go door-to-door, -door, like you know, make house calls to people who had broken down sobs. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I, he and then he got a shop, and now he's a pretty well-respected mechanic. You know, shop owner, and he's got right. lots of mechanics working for him. And this car, what he bought it from the original owner, and then it was his. Um, like shop car like he would loan it out to customers when their sobs were in the shop he'd say oh well we have a loaner take the drakken home and you you know use that car while we're fixing your car right yeah and he even put a uh, a trailer hitch on it for a while and yeah. he was pulling around like a little sob trailer to like some car shows and and he he offset the trailer hitch wasn't it yeah, like it was asymmetrical it, it was, was it was off to one side Why it was he? off to one side because he said that it made it easier for him to not hit things on the right hand side of the car <laughs> Yeah, so it was the, also tra to the, left. the trailer Seriously. was closer to the driver's side. Yeah, so you could so see it in the mirror because it was a small yeah, trailer. It was narrower <laughs> than the car. Right? I pulled the hitch off because I thought <laughs> yeah, it was Yeah, it, like, it, was, it was interesting. Uh, it may or may not have been bolted to a structural part of the fuel tank. So. <laughs> <laughs> so in a, in a rear-end accident, it may have been a problem, <laughs> in other words. Um, yeah. Yep. But this car had a lot of upgrades on it, right? A lot of later yeah, parts. Yeah, like, a, a, you know, the, the 99 parts are not available yeah. for the most part. Like, even, like, brake pads are hard to get. They're um, obsolete. Yep. 
So, um, but the but the ninety nine body chassis platform became the nine hundred, right? Yeah, until all the all, it had a bunch of nine hundred parts on it. It had things like a Ford, you know, uh, pickup truck alternator and all kinds of like parts that only a Saab expert like Walter would know to put onto the Saab. And it would just work. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, it's not like he was you know hacking it up, and it was just a matter of things bolted on, and they were cheaper and better. And, and so, it, yeah, so it's an upgrade, and it and it works out. And I don't know. I, Sorry. So anyway, um, uh, Adam, I'm still uh, the the Draken. I, I I bought it because it was an interesting car, and um, it wasn't that expensive, and and it was something that was fun to drive around and work on and and, and play with. It was um, low risk. Right? It was low yeah. risk, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't particularly pretty. It had some you know the paint was faded off, and and it, it had, had a little bit of rust here and there. Just yeah. you know small you know yeah a little bit of rust. A <laughs> little bit of rust. It was well, it wasn't like a Michigan car. It, it was a California. It was a car. California car, but it had surface rust that was kind of turning into more than just surface rust. Seventy eight. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a California car with a Michigan body. No, it no. did not. Have a Michigan. <laughs> no, it was not that bad. <laughs> but but anyway, it um the thing that 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 killed it for me was that like my wife takes a look at this thing when, when I got it home, and I told her ahead of time. She swears I didn't tell her about it ahead of time. Yeah. The thing and said the same thing. Yeah. She looked at it and said, "What in the heck is that?" She was like <laughs> instantly just just you know turned off by this this this. In more ways looking. than one, I think yes. she yes. was turned off. Yeah, and so uh, I got a lot of hard time for that, and it was a um uh a sore point. Yeah, it was you know this like when it was like a, the third car that I had at the time, maybe fourth. I don't know. I start I start to keep track. Yeah. And so I um I eventually I, I sold it uh, maybe just a little over a year later, um and then uh, the original owner contacted me out of the blue and asked me to put him in contact with the current owner. Right. He saw the story on Delhi Turismo, um and so I did that and then I hadn't heard back. Um I need to follow up again with with, uh, with John, the, the original owner, and find out if he contacted him and if he was trying to buy yeah, it back or what find, the story find, is. Find out what the story is now. Like, what's what's going on with the, in the world of the Draken, right? Yeah, so, and <laughs> it had these cool California customized plates that said Draken on yeah, them. Yeah, and, and they'd yeah. been on it since it was new. Right? Yeah, I yeah. think you should just and let it go, Vince. You really don't want that kind of recompense <laughs> coming down on you. I mean, come on, dude. Vince. I think Vince made the car better in his in his ownership. He fixed some some weird things that it had. I, um, no, I, it was fun to drive. I think yeah, we took it, it to we took it to like a black tie event, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah, my wife drove it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we took it That's to right. a black tie event. Yeah. My wife drove it, and she wife. thought, it was, yeah, she thought it was fun to drive, and she 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 loved. She used to have a BMW 2002, and she just it does. You know, so she loved it, but it does drive similarly to the 2002, which is a little strange. But yeah. you wouldn't think that, but it does. Yeah, yeah, well, it's got this engine that's up front. It's mounted like way in front it's of the front wheels. It's front wheel yeah. drive. But it has racking pinion steering. Shaped. So it's not. And manual racking steering in in just about anything can be fun if they if they tune it up right. Well, it's yeah, it's not just the fact that it's rack and pinion; it's that it's like quick ratio mm-hmm. and it's responsive, yeah. and the car doesn't just roll when you turn; it like actually no, it, it turns roll, in. It did right? roll, roll some. It rolled a little bit, yeah, but it wasn't <laughs> for for the year and like the price of the car. It drove way better than you'd expect. Oh yeah, compared yeah. to like a seventy eight Ford LTD or something. Yeah, yeah hands yeah. down, it's a it was a uh, a very uh, a fun fun yeah, car. It was fun. And we used it as a as a playground for kids at the car shows, too. Yeah, you could, you just open just up that rear trunk, throw and like four or five kids in there, and close the car and let them bounce around in it. And yeah. <laughs> my it's favorite, like, it's like a gumball machine. Yeah, yeah, my favorite feature too was the extra switch. It had a, a switch on the <laughs> dash that said extra, and then when you when you it was a toggle switch, and when you push when you push the switch, there is a, another part of the switch that would pop out, and it also said extra on it. it like extra, extra. <laughs> so you get a second level of extra out of it. That is, that is awesome. That's actually, it did nothing. That's the best feature on the car, it really. Did, yeah, it didn't do anything. Yeah, anyway. every once in a while, you'd have to hit it. Does that, does that answer uh, kind it. of the, the questions that you had? 
Yeah, well, that, that, that's one of them. And yeah, yeah, we'd love to hear about the, the follow up if you if you can catch up with the uh, with the old owner and the new owner and see see what the deal was with that. But uh, um, uh, Seaflow, you know, Miss Seaflow called in and you'd written about Miss Miyagi, and it was it's kind of cool that she wants to learn, and you bolted in the roll cage. Have you guys done anything else with the car? Oh, with that with that Miata. Um... I, yeah. I drive it to work. I mean, <laughs> my my <laughs> philosophy, I, we've only taken it to one track weekend so far at, at Laguna Seca, but my philosophy is that I should break it on the street now when I'm like close to home <laughs> and I can, I have time to fix it. So I'm just been driving it to work and trying to like come up, you know, figure out what all the little problems are so that next time we take it to the track, it's even better. And it just gets more reliable instead of, you know, neglecting it or assuming that it's good to go and then it breaks down at the track because i've had that happen so many times with other cars that um you know that was kind of the whole reason of getting a miata as a track day car is it just should it should just always run it should always be ready to go and you know have fun and drive and don't worry about it so um yeah and that's that that's the whole point behind all this like older cars is uh, we want something reliable but older cars aren't reliable yeah it should be and I've got plenty of, of old, unreliable project cars, so I didn't want another one of those. I wanted something that just worked, and that's why it's boring, but that's why I got a Miata. Um, what, 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 did she want to learn how to drive? Did she suggest that, or how did you, how well, did you we, get her to... Uh... She wanted to... We, we have a, a Lemons team that, that is kind of on again, off again, but she wanted to be a... Uh, driver at some point, uh, but she didn't really gotcha. have much track experience, so... She started doing track days in our Volkswagen Jetta station wagon, TDI, um, which is not a great track car, but it worked just fine. I mean, there was no problem with it. It just wasn't, you know, sporty or really great on the track. But um, it's probably, you know, it's better to start with a car that's lower power and that's that you're familiar with, that you drive every day, and kind of learn how to, you know, how to pass other people or how to be passed in this case with a 140-horsepower Jetta. Um and you know just how it how it works, how to how to find the racing line, how to drive at speed with with other people also driving at speed, and, and everybody kind of has fun and respects each other, and you know. So we were doing that for a while, and then one of our friends, one of the Isor racing guys, had another Miata that he prepped as just a track day car, and he let us drive it. And then both of us were like, "Well, why don't we just get one of these? Because this thing's great." <laughs> Like, yeah, it's slow. It doesn't make much power, but it's so much more fun than a Jetta station wagon on the track. So that's that's why we got it. And then you wrecked that one, and then you bought another one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was driving it when it was wrecked by another inattentive driver. <laughs> Not my wife or me, but yeah. So yeah, yeah, that, that's because you know, a lot of us are, are not trying to. Uh, we're trying to convince our spouses to get involved, and in, uh, you know, just you know, it's it's cool that she wanted to do that on her own. And wanted to join in. Yeah, thank you. All right, hey Adam, before well, we cool. before we let you go, um, you have any uh, any features that you want to share with our readers that are our listeners that are coming out on the website? Well, I think, I, I think the Bug Amino will be up there here it soon, which, will. which is awesome. You were talking about the close dad uh, bolting in the uh, the seats to make a Toyota Brat, and uh, there's a uh, a bug in uh, North Carolina that's got an extended base where uh, there's got a partial bed that you can help the seats in backwards to make the kids watch the uh, Type 1 engine work, yeah. uh, which would be really cool. 
And now Child Protective Services might have something to say about it. Right, it might get yeah, sucked into the cool. fan because the, the fan intake is on, the, on, on that side of the engine. Yeah. Make sure to have your, if you have girls, make sure their hair is tucked in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, appreciate it, guys. And uh, um, keep up Thor's Day. Uh, some of us love that, too. And uh, we'll, we'll keep listening and, and reading. Awesome. All right. Faith, Adam, thank you so have, much for coming. Have a nice guy. All right. All right, guys. That was Adam calling us, talking about uh, all kinds of good stuff. DT contributor, new, new yeah, contributor, new D- new contributor, Adam. Yep. Yep. Okay. So um, we were about to do the news. What? The news. Seaflow's news. I want to do Ben's spectacular news. spec. When are we, we get into that? Are we doing the, the show's like almost over? And we didn't do the spectacular spec. We got that. Might have we'll, to wait till next time. We got we got uh. ten minutes. Uh, dude, I have great specs too. Um, but is it a Do ten, you, well, a ten minute you, thing? Let, well, I don't think so. All right, all right. All right. We can go. I'll let you go fifteen minutes. Seafloor, Seafloor, you have two minutes for the news. Go. Two, two, minutes. Minutes, two minutes for the news. Uh, okay. So since this is my news segment, because it's got my name on it. My I'm, wait, wait, wait. Whose news is it? Seafloor's news segment. You sure? Yeah. Okay. It's got my name on it. It doesn't, um, have, it doesn't have a drop yet, so it's, no. It's but still in I'd like to set the record Sea straight. News. That's. We don't know. That's the, drop. That's, that's the new drop. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut that. Yeah, that'll be perfect. Okay. So last time when Ben did Seaflow's News, he talked about the new Top Gear show. And I'd like to set the record straight. He said that with such disgust. <laughs> when Ben, when ben did, did <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, I'd like to set the record straight of, of my new segment and say that... The new Top Gear really isn't that bad. Uh, yeah, that that was kind of my point last. Oh, week. it was yeah. okay because I couldn't really tell. Maybe maybe well, it was well, Vince who was saying it was bad. But... Yeah, the, well, that was no, my thing. I, is I I don't know how many people are actually going to give it a chance. That's what kind of worries. Yeah, me, because it wasn't. As they bad won't as, give it a chance. Yeah, because it won't. It definitely wasn't as bad as the U.S. Top Gear when they started that's, that because that sure. was terrible. Um, it's it's a brand new show basically. It's still yeah. called Top Gear, but it's a brand new show. New producers, new hosts. Is it new producers? Yeah. Well, same huge budgets though. They have the same right. budget. It's so, still BBC, okay. but it's this. It's all different people. They're just using the same format and the same name and the same theme song, as as the previous version. But it's all different people doing it. So you can't really expect them on day one or or show one or two or three, to be, awesome, right? I mean, right. And it could be terrible for the rest of eternity. You don't know, right? We, we, yeah, we don't. We bad. don't know yet. But what I'm what I'm saying. Just let me finish my new segment. <laughs> my my sorry, opinionated. Sorry, new sorry. Se- uh, could you se- could you mute my mic? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't interrupt him. Accidentally. We, there there have been two there have been two episodes so far of new new Top Gear, and uh, and you know the guys do not have the chemistry of the previous three guys. They're not Hammond, Clarkson, and May. You can't. I mean, you can't compare them to those guys. Like those guys had worked together for fifteen years, and they had this rapport and they knew each other really well and they made fun of each other and all that. And you can't expect that from people who just kind of got thrown into a room to host a TV show, which is kind of what's going on. Um, so what I'd like to say is just let's, let's just give them a chance. I mean, it hasn't really gotten any more ridiculous than it already was. Right. It's not, it's not like crazy different. It's the same format as it used to be. It's not a different show. It's actually pretty tame compared to some of the previous episodes. Um, and I saw. I thought that Sabine Schmitz was actually really funny and and actually like a likable host in like the five minutes that they had her in the first episode. They need to they need to show her more because she was like 
yeah she she was funny and no i absolutely agree i, th- I think she was one of the best parts of the show yeah and uh, she's definitely the best driver the most accomplished driver of all of them and it's a show about cars yeah she's so the would... only accomplished driver among them isn't she well eddie eddie jordan owned an f1 team and he was a driver before that but i don't know if he was really very successful as a driver yeah. normally when you become a team owner that's because you're not you the greatest drive. driver exactly um but I mean, it's kind of why Vince started Daily Turismo. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, Sabine is is a is a is a good driver, and they should they should use her more because it's a show about cars and fast cars and driving them. The um, thing is that you don't need. I mean, you need the stig on, on a show like that. It's not about it's it's the personalities that drive the show. Yeah, not necessarily but, being good yeah, behind but, the wheel. But if it's an entertainment show, we know that it's for entertainment. But the subject matter is cars. So if you want to be entertained about fast cars, you want someone driving them that kind of knows what they're doing and knows what they're talking about. So that's just where I'm coming from. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, this is C-Flow's news. Um, you, you continue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is his news. Jeremy Clarkson, he's he's a force of nature. You can't you can't really compete with that. He's I'm a freak of nature? Force, force of nature. I, you can't compete with him. I'm a big fan of his and of James May and Richard Hammond. I hope their, their new show does really well. But I'm saying new Top Gear isn't that bad. Let's give it a chance. You know, people are really nitpicking it. Let's, come on. We have better uses for our time. Um, <laughs> I wonder if new Daily Turismo uh, Radio will be better when it gets rebooted. When they replace all of us, I think it will be better because it'll yeah. be like it'll be like Adam Carolla and like you know Jay Leno will be doing it, and it'll be, it'll be like be this so show's terrible. Caswell, <laughs> Caswell, yeah. there you go. Yeah, um, maybe Andrew P. Collins too. New, the other, the only other real like actual news that I have is something a little closer to home that that was I was sad to learn, which was that the Senate bill, uh, California Senate Bill twelve thirty nine, failed. Um, Senator Ted Gaines, who we had on the show, he was the author of that bill. He was a proponent of it. He pushed it through many, many steps in the bureaucratic process to turn a bill into law. And it was a vote that would have, I don't know if it was the final vote, but they needed a majority and they didn't get a majority. Yeah, it, was, so. it was actually the final vote. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was more, more yeses than nos, which is mm-hmm. good, but... It was not a majority, so the, the bill died. And that, that bill, for listeners, um, was a uh, simple little five-year move of the smog cutoff year in California. Which so, is what it was supposed to be. I mean, it was supposed to— No, well, no, when the it was supposed to be rolling. It was supposed to be rolling, yeah. Yearly. So, yeah, so this would kind of catch way, it up. I mean, yeah. that we're not hoping for that anymore. No, it would not catch it up because well, it would do, we should be, be, be in 1986 closer. right yeah. now. Not 1980, so. but— um, yeah, but, so that's sad did, news. It, you're right. It didn't get it didn't get the majority it needed. Yeah, but uh, I I don't think it's completely dead. I think we'll see it. It again. could come back. It could yeah, come back. I but, think it got enough know. support that I think we will see it again. Yeah, I actually I got an email from one of the senators who was supporting it because I you know I typed my little thing and I sent it in to all the senators. Please support this. And <laughs> I liked your little typing there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one finger. Listener, yeah. yeah, I don't actually type like that. Um, <laughs> I do. What are you trying to say? Uh, <laughs> but it's your news. A S D F J K L semi. Uh, hey, how do, you know my, how do you know my password? <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, so that's sad news, and I hope it comes back, and I hope it does better next time because, you know, that would have opened up five more model years of, like, semi-classic older cars to be smog-exempt, to stay on the road, to be collectible. And I kind of liked the fact that they made it collector insurance only because that really weeds out the people who just don't want to get their car smogged from people who actually are enthusiasts. Yeah. And collector insurance is actually cheaper than conventional insurance. So it's really not a big deal. Yeah, it's a shame that it, but, shame that it, it failed, but yeah. it kind of okay. 
I've come to expect yeah, and, that. And the thing you, that people didn't understand was that the, in order to get classic car insurance, it's what is it less than five thousand miles, or is it's like four thousand. No, miles some a of year them, some of them don't have mileage limits. Like I've got Haggerty insurance on two of our cars, and there's, and no, there's no mileage. There's limits. no limit. You you can tell them this is how many miles I'm going to drive, and then you agree on a value and you pay for for that value. That value. Yeah. And then they just say that that can't be your primary car. You have to have regular insurance on another car as your daily driver. That makes sense. Yeah. So. Okay. So no more news from Seaflow. That's. I mean, I didn't really have a whole lot this week. So. Vince, guess, guess what I have in my hand, Vince? What's this? It's the been... Declaration of Independence. That's pretty close, actually. It, it's, <laughs> the a Magna diff- Carta? It, it's a different. It's a. It's. The the Magna <laughs> DT card. It's, it's Magna Walker card. It's actually it, it, it's a pseudo news story. <laughs> what pseudo is it? So it's I, been I, spectacular spec. No no no. It's, oh. it's, a, it's a pseudo news story because I didn't pseudo want news. it to be completely news because that might step on Seaflow's news segment. So this is like a pseudo news segment. I'm not sure, so sure I'm happy about this <laughs> <laughs> this imposter news segment that you're about to introduce. <laughs> like, well, I, I wanted to do it last week, but we but we kind of ran out of time, just like we're quickly doing here. Well, so we're gonna have to save Ben spectacular specs for next. Okay, week. so what is this thing <sighs> in your hand? So, so this in my hand is ESPN put out a list uh, last week of the 100 most famous athletes. Okay. Okay, and. I don't know if you remember for a long time, especially when we were growing up in the, well, when I was growing up, the highest paid athletes were always the F1 drivers. You know, they they were always the the highest paid. So this is a list that that ESPN put together. They took Forbes' 100 highest paid athletes. Then they asked ESPN journalists to add other uh, other notable athletes. And then they asked their big analytic guy, a guy named Ben Alomar. To create a formula oh, that his also name's t- Ben, so of course we're going to listen to him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it also took in the, it took a formula combining the salary slash winnings, their endorsements, and their social media following oh. to come up with the like most the highest famous, yeah, valued. Mo- yeah, and this, this is worldwide the most okay. famous athletes worldwide. Most famous or high most like highest value. Uh, right. Most famous, like because it, it, it takes it takes into well, fame is not a quantifiable thing. It means what well, he says. Well, it this means. is the, well exactly. They're trying to quantify. You know, right. They're saying, okay, you know, they're taking money plus endorsements, plus your Twitter following yeah. and your fate. You know, okay. how many people hashtag you? I guess hashtag DT Radio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just a note, Ben. If you say a hashtag, it doesn't actually automatically go on social media. So well, I don't know if you know still hashtag how that works. Hashtag video. things you should know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying the word hashtag anyway, doesn't hashtag automatically the create a hashtag. How many? How <laughs> many? Hashtag auto hashtags. <laughs> it's actually it actually works. <laughs> no, it's not working. Right. How Nothing many race car drivers right are in the top one hundred? Top one hundred. One hundred. This is worldwide. Yeah. Worldwide. This is famous. 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 Worldwide. Yeah. Famous. Ten. Seaflow. I'll I'll go five. I don't know. Wow. Kind of split in between. It was eight. Eight. Now, okay. now this is this is where I completely disagree with the list. <laughs> okay. Is wait, wait. Who, can we guess them? Th- yeah. Who do you are think? They, w- yeah. Are they current drivers? Like that yeah, are active right drivers. now? Yeah. Yeah. All these athletes are active. Okay. Who do you think the the number one most famous driver is? Um. And um. In the world. In the world. Today? In the world. Now this is taking my. Dale this, Jr. This is the whole world. Dale Jr. This no. is the entire world. What do you think? Kimi Raikkonen. I'm I'm gonna have to say Lewis Hamilton. Number C-Flow? 44. Seaflow is right. Raikkonen? 
No, it's Dale Jr. Dale Jr. See, Dale how is that possible? That because, a NASCAR because NASCAR, guy, NASCAR is still NASCAR is more watched than, well, than Formula One. I, I think. know it's huge. Here, no, but, but it's but it's huge in other places somebody, too. But how huge is it? In, the thing, the weird thing is in Monaco. The weird thing is that all those F1 drivers who live in Monaco, who drives those F1 cars that are like spaceships on the ground, they all want to drive NASCAR. Nah, I don't think that's they true. do. True. No, they do. I think if is they wash out, if they wash out, no, 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 no. It's not. It's not even just a money thing. More money. I don't care. One guy or a NASCAR. What I'm saying is, it's it's this like other it's this other thing, this this foreign thing that they don't know about, that is enticing to them, and it's like wild west. Like, oh, they want to go drive super fast on a NASCAR track and like bash into the other cars and keep on driving. That they don't get to do that in F1. You know, F one's very regimented. Like they have to do everything perfectly, or the car breaks and they're well, out. Maybe you also, can get with, them to race with lemons F1, for you then. F one, if you're not on the right team, you're they're not, not going to F one drivers in lemons races. Actually, <laughs> you're, if you're not, they just want to bash into people. Yes, they want to have fun. Yeah. If you're an F one and you're not on the right team, or I'll say top two teams in the season, you're not going to win a race. Right. You're just yeah. straight up not going to win. And drivers in, want to win. Right. If you're in yep. NASCAR, you, I mean, okay, the car matters a lot in NASCAR, but not as it not is as much. more of a drivers competition. <laughs> a little I think, more. A little more. <laughs> It's not. It's not as. It's obviously not as technology. I'm not going to get beat by another car. Yeah. Right. You get beat by another driver. Yeah. So they actually believe it or not, the guy who plays. There's nothing stock about a stock car. (laughs) Back. Back back to back to Top Gear. Actually. (laughs) I need to get that drop. Guy named Ben Ben Collins. Another Another Ben. Ben, Full of it. Guy named Ben Collins, who was the Stig on Top Gear for many years. He his life's ambition was to be a professional NASCAR driver. I read his book, and the way he talked about it, it was. Putting NASCAR up on this pedestal. Was like, he an American or no Brit? Okay. He's a Brit. He's British. There's guy. no way the Stig would be um, American, by the way. Okay, yeah. okay. Now, now, now my, my I'm just saying is, it's, um, it seems weird, but it's true that they actually do want to drive a NASCAR. Now, how high on the list of 100 people was Dale Jr. of all the famous athletes? Yeah. All right, guys, we only got like three okay, minutes fif- left in the show. Fifty. I don't know. <laughs> Number 50. twenty-two. Dude, see, what did you see the list, man? <laughs> is it? <laughs> He's number? fifty-seven. Uh. <laughs> But but, do you <laughs> no, find that hard to believe that there's 57 other athletes worldwide that are more famous than a driver? No, not really. No, because motorsports is a fringe sport. Yeah, you a know, lot of people well, don't even it's consider kind of it a fringe sport. over here, but it's it's big in other places. I mean, but no, not no, as what? big as no. okay, well, soccer. soccer. So, 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 who was, so, so who was the so who do you think was number one overall on the list? Number one, yeah, LeBron. Yao Ming. LeBron. No, it wasn't LeBron. It was a soccer player. Oh. Oh. Oh, uh, what's his name? David Beckham? No, no, no. no, who's the other guy? Sorry. <laughs> oh, who's the guy? Neymar Jr. or the, no, there's one that Neymar, my kid. But, you know. who's, the, who's the other guy? Oh, wait, wait, hold on. I'll, I'll get to it because my kid will know this. I should probably have him have him call in and, and tell well, us. Well, we don't have the no, time. No, yeah, we're not taking calls. Who right is now. it? Who's the number one? Uh, number one was Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay. Yeah. I have actually okay. heard of him, so yeah. yeah. Okay. That was yeah, and, next, and then followed the, the top five was it's Ronaldo, then LeBron. Then Lionel Messi. Okay, so LeBron was number oh, two. Oh, Messi. That's the one I was going to say. It's yeah. Messi. And then Neymar My Jr., the one, that, that. the one the people said. And then, surprisingly, Federer. I mean, wouldn't you consider tennis kind of a fringe sport? And Federer is number five. It is now, okay. but I don't think it used to be. Well, and so don't forget, if you're if you're counting in winnings and then um, sponsorships oh, and other yeah. things, tennis is kind of weird because if you're the top player, you can make a lot of money um, in yeah, tournament but, I mean, winnings. You and if you're like. That, that that Lewis Hamilton's not making as much money as well. So better. don't forget, Lewis Hamilton's getting paid a salary. Okay, he's not getting paid to win. A, I'm dude, not sure how his contracts many, work, how many endorsements mm, they get, does he have? I think they, they get bonuses. bonuses. Yeah. Still yeah. though, um, he doesn't really have like drivers don't really do that type of thing that much. 
He's got. He, I know he's got a few. He was hanging out with uh, Neymar Jr. As a matter of fact, here. <laughs> yeah. Here he was like posting on Instagram. They were doing selfies. They're or something showing. Like that. Ta- they're showing off their tattoo yeah. collection. <laughs> yep. So, so, so the drivers that were on the top 100 list, there were eight of them. Mm-hmm. It goes Dale Jr. at 57, then 58 is Jimmy Johnson. Okay. Then you have your. First, That's a great name, by the way. Then you have your first F150 <laughs> guy or F1 <laughs> driver. F1. Thanks, Vince. Don't me. Lewis Hamilton, and then surprisingly, okay. number 63. Is Danica Patrick? Are you surprised that she's no, that high or no, that low? No, or? no, 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 not surprised. She's all those GoDaddy ads like that. She's exactly. a big presence. She's a she has a social public she's, figure. Yeah, she's who's the highest woman in that list? Is, is it Danica Patrick? Oh, it can't be. Uh, or one of those like soccer. What are those soccer U.S. soccer women? Yeah, it's probably a U.S. Or uh, uh, Sharapova or who's the other one? Who's the one that just got caught doping? That was wasn't that Sharapova? That was yeah, Maria Sharapova. Yeah, yeah, Someone, but something I, like that. Ben, I'm I'm not really surprised that motorsports isn't really high because okay. a lot of people well, don't well, consider racing a sport which it is but but they they say oh those guys are just sitting in a car only, driving around only racing and bullfighting Mend- are real sports Mendra, yeah. Mendra, yeah. Mendra Singh Doni yeah. I'm sorry English Mendra Singh Doni I don't know who that is at number 14 he's a cricket player he <laughs> oh I thought we were looking for He's the highest. Do you know how you know many people? In, hold on. Do you know how so many people no, are in India? Just, uh, yeah. Do you think about the population a billion, of India? A billion. A billion inch. Three times the but U.S. I, population. But there's no way a, cr- a cricket player is more popular than a Lewis Hamilton. A billion people. A That's billion how. people. There's more than the population of Europe. <laughs> mainland Europe, right? <laughs> right. The, the, the top female was number 23, Ronda Rousey, by the way. Hmm. Does that surprise you, Vince? Shut up. I'm turning your mic down. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Well, that was interesting. All right. That's just like your opinion, man. I have to throw that in. <laughs> it's not Wait. news. It's my opinion. That's, that's Ben's op-ed you, piece. You want a toe? I can get you a toe by 3 p.m. with nail polish. <laughs> Pair of shears. By the no way, uh, Ben's spectacular news went for long. That yeah. went for a long time. Ben's um, anecdote is what that spectacular was. Spectacular anecdotes? Yeah. It's good. Yes. All right. So who are we thanking today, Vince? Uh, we're just gonna gonna cut and just go to dead air <laughs> for about ten minutes. <laughs> then we might come back. I don't know. No, uh, guys, hey, that's all we have for the show today. Um, like to say a uh, huge thanks to uh, Patrick George for being a great guest, Seaflow for being an awesome co-host as always, and producer Ben for doing the things that he does. And hey, Ben, hey, Ben, keep, keep on, on renting. Oh, keep on renting. Right I'm the only one with a mic up, but I'm gonna say keep on renting. Like- You've been listening to Daily Turismo Radio. You can follow the show on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Daily Turismo and on Twitter at Daily Turismo. Use the hashtag DT Radio. Do you ever want to-